When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. All right, yeah, our roster looks great on paper. Whoop the hell. All right. But at the end of the day, we better be a good team. And you start building that during this time of the year. Get your sorry ass up. Get your sorry ass up. Doing a lot of talking with somebody that ain't do shit today. Doing a lot of talking. Do you think you're better than Jarrell Revis is right now? I'm better than you. My 24 years of life, I'm better at life than you. I ain't never seen, I ain't never seen you before, huh? Man, go tell the coach you need some help. We gonna expose you, boy. All right, we coming at your ass. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Roundtable. Let's go! Let's go! What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast, proud members of the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. You can find them at FTFPodNet on Twitter. You can find me at SportsFanaticMB on Twitter, and you can find my co-host for the day, Mr. Matthew Fox at Nighthawk7734 on Twitter, and Mr. Tony Dyer at CommissionerMR on Twitter. We are just one of a ton of great podcasts associated with this network, some of which are the likes of Jim Day of FF Champs, Corey Parsons and Dr. Roto from SiriusXM Radio, Bob Lung of the award-winning Fantasy Football Consistency Guide, Dwayne McFarland, Blake Sullivan, and a ton of great others. You can find all of us on FullTimeFantasy.com, your one-stop fantasy shop for all of your fantasy news, advice, and strategies. We are also excited to be partnering with ExpandTheBoxScore.com. You can find them at XTBoxScore on Twitter. They have some of the best stats in the industry, baseball, football, basketball, and of course college football, the biggest one, as those are the hardest to find. They have some of the best college football stats in the industry industry and for just $15 a year you can get access to all of them. If you use our code roundtable you get 10% off of that. It's the best deal in the industry. I'm telling you their stats are phenomenal. Really great way to look at the way college players perform and their stats if you're looking to get into the stats side of fantasy. For today's episode, Matt, Tony, and I are going to talk a little bit about Vampire Leagues and then tanking what is and is not acceptable in Dynasty Leagues as you really don't matter if you tank in redraft leagues for the most part. We're going to jump on and talk about those a nice quick episode before tonight's game, a uh, possible elimination game. We'll get Tony's thoughts on that as well, as he is a big Colts fan as the Colts and the Texans battle it out tonight. Hello! And as always on Thursdays, we've got Tony and Matt with us. How you guys doing? How your week's been so far? Going uh, pretty good here. Uh, a little uh, cold and snow today but i have the the warm feeling in my heart from looking at baby yoda memes to keep me going oh baby yoda mandalorian we can get into that too here in a minute we got a nice easy episode today so i'll save that for the end of the podcast too i did not know that you were watching that so i'd love to talk to you about that here in a minute as well i almost started watching that today i got uh disney plus i guess it was monday night and I was sitting on the couch today scrolling through. I ended up watching Star Wars Episode One instead. But Oh, my God. I, I know. I want to wait. I want more of The Mandalorian to come out, and then I'll watch a whole bunch of it all at once. Yeah, I think that's my biggest complaint about it. I hate that I have to wait a week to watch it. I, I'm very much into that now binge culture of having everything right there in front of me and wanting to watch all of it. Being only able to watch one episode at a time has really kind of sucked. Well, we, be, we do... Uh... Because I have Disney Plus because I'm a Disney Rewards member. I bought three years in advance at a, like a low price. But oh, gotcha. a lot of the people at our work aren't. So at uh, lunch lunchtime, since the episodes are only like 30, 
35 minutes. We've been having watch parties at lunch. That's been oh, pretty nice. fun. Yeah, I'm, I don't have that going for me, but uh, I, I've enjoyed it. We'll, we'll save that for the end there in case uh, people are not Star Wars fans and don't want to talk about Mandalorian. As I said, we, we've got a pretty easy episode ahead of us today, so we can save that for for the end. Let's go ahead and talk about the Vampire Leagues. We, we've talked about them a little bit here and there. It's always uh, is a very interesting concept. I think this really popped up last year. Was last year really the first time that this kind of came up and a lot of people started playing in them? Yeah, it was, um, the concept was kind of introduced by Tom Clissenberry, uh, on, during the off season last year. And a lot of people kind of picked up and, um, started going with them. And I know Matthew Berry's done, uh, the last two years with, uh, some folks from the Fantasy Life app. But, um, I did my first one last year and now I'm in two this year. Very nice. And what about you, Tony? Is this, is this your first year that you're, uh, you're in a Vampire League? Were you playing in it last year as well? Nope. First year for me, uh, mostly a group from work and a few friends from outside from other other fantasy leagues. But for the most part, it was just a small group who wanted to try something new that sounded fun. Very nice. Very nice. All right, so talk to me about it. Whichever one of you wants to go first, tell me how, how your teams are doing. Talk about some of the players that you've acquired. Uh, for those of you who don't know the way that it works, and if I get this wrong, please correct me. You guys go into a matchup every week again. Say you're playing me this week, and I have Saquon Barkley on my team. Before the matchup, you declare that, hey, if I win, I get to take Saquon Barkley and I'm giving you back whatever running back is on my roster, correct? And it works for all positions. I think it kind of depends on your um, – there are a few different iterations of how it can happen. Um, so I have one that we started last year as a Vampire Dynasty League. And as the vampire, I have to declare by Tuesday who I'm targeting, but I'm free to target anyone on their roster. And then I have to trade like position for like position in the redraft league that I'm in where I'm the vampire. You don't have to make a declaration, but you have to trade starter for starter, like position for like position. So usually if I win, I try to see what I, what trade I want to make. And mine, mine is set up like the second way that he described. It's a redraft setting. It's um, I don't have to declare who I'll be taking. It's just starter for starter, position for position. It's the same as he described. Okay, so I have a question on that then. You guys said starter for starter. So say, I'll just keep with the Saquon Barkley theme since I named him a minute ago. Say I have Saquon Barkley on my team and I know I'm playing you this week and I decide to bench him. Are you still allowed to take him? Or when you mean starter, does it mean any roster position? Or does it mean I, someone I actually started in my starting lineup? No, if you were to bench Saquon in my format, he would not be available for me to take it. Interesting. Yeah, so in the the redraft league that I'm a part of, it has to be somebody out of the starting lineup. So if he got benched, you couldn't take anybody. In the dynasty version that I'm in, I can take somebody off IR if that's who I want. Um, I can take anyone. But I can only do, um, the vampire can only do, uh, can't do the same position consecutive weeks. So that gotcha. adds a little strategy. You have to look ahead at who you're playing. Yeah, like if you, if you look at their roster and you could go either way on a running back or a receiver, you look at who you're playing the following week. And if they only have running backs, then you know you better declare for a receiver. So like I made a tactical error here at the end this week. I declared for Cortland Sutton because I'm a, Broncos fan, of course, and forgot that next week I'm playing the guy that has DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, man. So, you know, sometimes that's so that was a wrinkle we added um, 
as a strategy strategy thing. That sounds fun. Yeah, it it has been that that team. So I don't know if you want to talk about rosters, Tony. If you want to go first, because I actually have a roster question for you guys. Well, let me let me ask one question real quick before we get to the rosters. Has anybody actually done that? So what what I brought up earlier with like say the Saquon Barkley thing, because then obviously bye weeks could end up you know I wouldn't say screwing you, but say you know like this week if you you were playing someone with Dalvin Cook, they're obviously not going to have Dalvin Cook in their starting lineup because he's on a bye, so that would kind of limit your chance of getting him. But have you guys noticed throughout this past year when you've been playing people? Have they just in case, or if they think they're going to lose to you, has anybody benched one of their better players so that you can't take them? Yeah, I had one do that. Uh, okay. um, essentially, he left me with Robert Woods. Robert Woods was the only player in the lineup that was desirable, so he kind of handcuffed me. This was right before everything started happening with the personal time away. Uh-huh. But I really didn't have much of a choice because the other guys were just no good, and all those good players were on his bench. Uh, he probably would have lost anyway, although... I don't know. That that might not have worked out. He still might have had Robert Woods heavy. I didn't do the math, but he gotcha. probably still would have Robert Woods. What about you, Matt? Has that happened to you this year? <laughs> so I, I think I posted to our, our group chat the matchup I had last week. Um, mm-hmm. You can see the, that almost everybody had gotten benched. Um, and then somebody reminded that in our league – you have to set a full legal lineup. You can't, if you think you're going to lose, just put in everybody who's injured or on, or uh, injured or on a buy or whatever. You can't throw right. them into a lineup and purposely tank. So he had to go back and correct his lineup. And because of that, I ended up taking Kelsey because oh. he, he, yeah, because I was actually just get to do a defense for defense trade because there was none of those players. You saw, you saw that. I can't remember what it all was stacked up, but when I was looking, I'm like, even though my team's not fantastic, none of those would be an upgrade for me. Those would be, cause a lot of them were on IR. You know, he had several IR um, players in lineup. So he actually had to trick to change. So I think that was a bummer for him. But that's we have that rule. You have to set a complete legal lineup. But I've seen a couple of weeks where there were players I wish I could have gotten, but somebody was on by, and so you kind of do the best you can. Yeah, yeah we've got the. I've got the same rule too. By weeks and injuries, you, you got to have them out of the lineup. Okay, fair enough. All right, so talk about some of the rosters. I don't know if uh, if you guys can remember what you started out with, but if you could give us an idea of what you started with compared to what you're looking at now, especially. I mean, obviously, if you've been successful, you likely have a lot of better players now compared to what you did have. Sure. My week one lineup was Kirk Cousins, Frank Gore, Matt Breida, Corey Davis, Dick Pettis, Jack Doyle. Oh, not a very good lineup. Cole Beasley, uh, LaShawn McCoy on the bench, Golden Tate suspended. So Golden Tate was arguably my best player out of the draft, but was suspended. Now, fast forward to week, week 12. Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, Devontae Adams, Michael Thomas, Tyreek Hill, Dalvin Cook. Things are much, much better than they were wow. 11 weeks ago. Is this like a two-team league? Like, holy crap. No, it's, uh, oh, um, I know. it's 12-team, actually. It's a 12-team league. No, no, well, the I'm big joking. thing, too, about Vampire is the Vampire, in a lot of iterations, has exclusive rights to the waivers uh-huh. and in... Um, in my version, they have allowed people to have five 
five moves per season. So it really gives you the advantage when there's injuries and things. I've taken almost anybody's handcuff. I have top waiver priority and I can do whatever I want. I'm pretty sure it's got to be similar for Tony. Yeah, it um, is. So I... that enables you to overcome some of the things that would hamper other people. That's perfect to bring up, actually. Wayne Gallman was one of the pickups, excuse me, pickups for me this year, and he's actually a guy that won me a week. Nobody else could have him, so it was just an advantage of the vampire. Very nice. And so to clarify, which is probably my job, my bad as a host, not clarifying this beforehand, so I don't think we brought it up. When you were talking about the draft, Tony, you guys don't actually get to draft teams, correct? Your team comes basically right off of whatever's left on the waiver wire after the other 11 teams do a draft? Yeah, that's the easiest way to, to describe gotcha. that. Okay. I'm assuming that's the same thing for you as well, Matt? Yeah, and for the for the Dynasty one, I did that last year, and I had some players uh, carrying over also – we have really, really tight rosters, and people dropped um, some players uh, that ended up really benefiting me. Like um, I have, I started the year with on that team with Emmanuel Sanders, Larry Fitzgerald, and Austin Hooper because they were all dropped around the rookie draft time, and and Dak. Dak was another one that was dropped around rookie draft time, so I went to go get them, mm -hmm. and that's obviously made quite a difference, especially things like Austin Hooper. They, it was funny at the time, the guy that dropped him uh, did it because he's like, yeah, I need to drop Hooper because I need a real tight end, and I thought, oh, I thought <laughs> Hooper was pretty good last year. That would be better than what I've got right now, so I'm, you know, I went and scooped him up. And uh, that's worked out pretty good. I had my vampire targets from last year because I was the vampire last year, but I only won one, uh, two games, and I finished last place and ended up yes. beating it again, so we changed some of the rules. But one of those vampire players I started with is A.J. Green. I'm still waiting for him to actually ever play for me. Oh, wow. How, um, so I'm curious. In the redraft league, is it just like a random designation for, for you guys in the one that you're in? Is it just randomly picked who's going to be the vampire, or do you guys get to choose? Mine was random. We used an online randomizer. Yeah, both. Everyone that I've done, it was random to see who was going to get it. I actually had joined the redraft league, the second format, because I thought it'd be fun to play against someone who was a vampire and randomly got, got, the, got picked to be the vampire again. And I thought, well... I guess it's my lot in life. All right, and then Matt, you—I know you were talking about the one that you're in a dynasty league with. Are you always the vampire, or is that the same thing? It just randomizes no, every year. No, it's gonna—you can only be at two years in a row max, so I would come gotcha. out anyway. But I'm actually the second place uh, team right now. Okay. Um, I started with those. So my last year, I won two games. The first game I won was in the second or third week of the season, and I took Le'Veon Bell because I actually thought he was still going to come back, um, and that did not work out for me at all. But I had um, last year in our draft pool, a couple of the guys I was able to get uh, post-draft were Tyler Lockett and Philip Lindsay. So they were kind of the only real players I had um, that were viable for me last year. Um, but I had Bell coming back this year, made me excited. And I told you about a couple of the guys I picked up on waivers. Well, the very first week I won and took Saquon Barkley. Um, but now my vampire team's kind of a joke, uh, for everyone else. 
not as funny, but I have Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara. I've taken, I took Todd Gurley. I took Devontae Adams. I've taken Juju Smith-Schuster. I've taken Carson Wentz. I took Travis Kelsey. So, uh, and I've taken Amari Cooper. So my starting lineup that's going into this week where I'm declared for Cortland Sutton, I have Dak, Saquon, Kamara, Lockett. Devontae Adams. I have to play Ryan Griffin because Hooper's hurt and um, uh, Kelsey's on by, and then I have Bell. Gotcha. So on, in your dynasty one, is it just last placed becomes the, the vampire every year or is, or is it randomized? Yep. The last, last place gotcha. team becomes okay. a vampire and just gets stripped of rookie picks. Gotcha. Um, awesome. And then has to come over and we have a tight um, roster and are required to drop for um, so I'm actually going to end up probably having to, unless I trade them for something, I, I'm going to end up having to drop something that somebody would see as a viable starter, which is what happened to me as the vampire. Those guys were getting ready to do their rookie draft and they cut people like Cooper and, um, and Larry Fitzgerald, who actually, you know, has been pretty decent and was was an upgrade for me. People cut Emmanuel Sanders, thought he wasn't going to come back. I picked him up on a hedge that he would be ready to start the season, and that actually helped me earlier in the year. Um, and then I was able to use a top waiver claim on Terry McLaren, so that helped at the beginning. I, I ended up having a pretty uh, decent start, but I'm sure – that everyone that I end up having to put on waivers in the off season is going to end up on the vampires team. Gotcha. All right. So we heard some of Tony's roster. What is a, whichever one you want to give us your redraft or your dynasty one, the roster, what it looked like beforehand, (laughs) and then give us an idea of what it looks like now. So in redraft, I actually know exactly both rosters what I started with because I wrote about it for uh, fantasy life app blog. So I'm pulling up my redraft, um, post-draft. I had quarterbacks Kirk Cousins and Jacoby Brissett. Running backs Peyton Barber, Jalen Rashard, Devin Singletary, and LaShawn McCoy. I had Josh Gordon because we had drafted early, and I got him. He was Nobody drafted him, and I picked him up like days before he his suspension got lifted. So I was super excited at the time. That hasn't incredibly panned out. I had Jameson Crowder, Debo Samuel, Devontae Parker, and Deshaun Hamilton, and I took Kyle Rudolph and Noah Fant at tight end. Um, so far, I am 5-6, and six, um, and I am in 8th place. So I'm still chasing for playoffs with two weeks. Um, but now my current starting lineup for this week, I have Brissett going. Um, I still have Singletary, and that's panned out pretty well for me. I was able to take Leonard Fournette uh, in one victory, so he's my other starting running back. Wide receivers is where I've taken most of them. I have DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, and Kenny Galladay now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also, last week when I won, took Travis Kelsey. So this week that doesn't help me because I'm playing fans. Um but my lineup question for you guys was I was trying to figure out with this uh, vampire team because not only do I want to win to get players, but I'm actually pretty close. Uh, the I'm five and six, and the bottom playoff team is six and five. So I have a reasonable chance. I was looking at it, and I actually, given Detroit's crappy kind of situation, I put Galladay on the bench and put in Crowder. What do you guys think about that? Um. 
I mean, I, I don't uh, – I'm trying to think. Who is Detroit playing <laughs> this week? Detroit is playing Washington. Um, the Jets are at home against Oakland. Mm-hmm. I mean, they I, have almost Crowder's the same projection, good. and they're like right next to each other in the rankings, right? Which didn't help me. I just the last couple weeks watching Galladay with Driscoll, even though he hasn't been too bad, it feels like Galladay's top end has kind of disappeared and that Crowder has been the guy that Sam Darnold is throwing everything to. Yeah, I mean, that part is definitely true. See, it'd be so hard for me to sit Galladay, though, because he's such a stud. I mean, I know Crowder has been good, especially with Sam Darnold being out there. I think he's he's averaging like 12 points when Sam, at least 12 points when Sam Darnold's on the field because he gets so many catches and everything. And Oakland's so bad against the pass, though. I think that's kind of why I would probably lean still Galladay. But I mean Washington, they're just as bad. I don't, you know that. Uh, my goodness, actually twice. Washington uh, is seventeenth. Oakland is twenty third, according to the rankings. I'm looking yeah, at. that was part of why I... Detroit's actually a worse pass defense than Washington is. Right, right. Well, the the other thing with the with well Detroit, you mean uh, uh, Oakland? Yeah. Oh, my other option was Terry McLaren. To put in, but I just I don't I feel like I can McLaurin. play him. This Haskins yeah, doesn't look like he can throw. I wouldn't play McLaurin. It would it would come down to Galladay and, and Crowder for me. See, I don't I can't think of his name. Why the cornerback who just came over to him, Landon Collins? There we go. I was trying to think of who who was that joint because I don't think Collins will be over uh, Crowder. Obviously, with Crowder being in the slot, so. I mean, I don't think you can go wrong either way. I just Galladay's upside is so much more to me than Crowder's. Like I, I agree, Galladay's floor is probably lower than Crowder's with the way he's been playing with Darnold right now. But I would probably stick with Galladay's upside. What do you think, Tony? Yeah, I think you ended up at, at the same spot I would would have ended up at. You're going to get the target volume for sure out of Crowder, and we know exactly what that'll translate to in yards after the kitchen touchdowns with. Galladay, he's much more of a big play threat, much more of an end zone target, I would think. I should I should look things like that up before I say that. But um Yeah, that's the big thing. Crowder has you know, he was just a high volume PPR, but the last few weeks with Darnold, he's been the end zone guy. I mean, he had a twenty five yard touchdown strike last week. He's gotten a couple of the touchdowns. It feels like he and Demarius Thomas and Ryan Griffin are the ones that Darnold's looking for and not Robbie Anderson. I don't know, man. I I, I like th- this is not a fun decision to make, I guess. Yeah. Because no. I feel crazy no. benching yeah. Galladay, but I want to play Crowder. I wish I could play both. Yeah. Well, I'd looks... rather play Tom- Hopkins, Thomas. I think. So. Thomas, Thomas, Thomas. Which Thomas? What am I thinking? Michael My- Thomas. Michael Thomas Gotcha, and DeAndre yeah. Hopkins are my two in the yeah, wide receiver. This think, is my flex option. Uh, obviously, you can't move Crowder or Galladay above either one of those. Yeah, I don't I don't think there's a wrong decision to make because I think both have good matchups. I, I understand the going to Crowder thing because Jeff Driscoll, I guess if you wanted to boil it down to the smallest of uh, um, the smallest of arguments against both of them, you would probably take Sam Darnold right now over Jeff Driscoll. So I can see why going with Crowder would be the better play. I probably would still stick with Kenny Galladay, but I'm one of those people who 
I just Kenny Galladay is a guy I'm probably never going to quit. When once everybody else yeah. is done with Kenny Galladay and they're leaving, I'm going to be sitting there right next to Kenny Galladay and turning off the lights. Like I, I'm right there with Kenny Galladay. I'm going to ride him until until it's far too late to get rid of him. So I personally would well, would start him, but I, I understand the argument for Crowder. Part part of me wondered too, since uh, Hopkins plays tonight. You know, if he rolls out and has like a ten or a twelve point game, my thinking is maybe then I go back and put Galladay in, hoping I'm going to get a high upside. Right. But if Hopkins has like 20 or 30 points, I was thinking I would probably just stick with Crowder for the floor. I got you. Do you have um, – did you want to talk at all about your redraft league, uh, your lineup? That was the redraft league. The um, the dynasty lineup, I think I gave it just a little while ago. I'm This week uh, I am playing – I have Dak Prescott, Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara, Tyler Lockett, Devontae Adams, Ryan Griffin, and Le'Veon Bell is my flex. I chose Bell over Gurley and Amari Cooper based on matchups um, because Bell's going against the Raiders, whereas Gurley has Baltimore, and Cooper obviously is getting Stephon Gilmore and the Patriots. So I felt like that was probably a better matchup. Yeah, I agree with you on that. So you were you were mentioning Hopkins and how they are playing tonight. So before I guess we get into the tanking discussion, I want to ask you, Tony, because I kind of feel like this almost could be an elimination game tonight going on between the Colts and the Texans. The winner of this is going to get a, I mean, not really a huge lead. They're going to get a one-game lead in the division. But the AFC wildcard race is pretty tight right now. There's about six teams vying for it, and both teams have interesting schedules moving forward. So you being a Colts fan, how confident are you in the game tonight against the Texans? And if you guys lose, how comfortable do you feel that you're still going to make the playoffs? Well, first of all, if we lose, I'm not comfortable. I don't remember (laughs) the the statistic exactly, but the winner, if the Colts win, there's something like, 78 to 80% likely to make a playoff appearance. If they lose, they're less than 50%. That's um, a tweet yeah, that I, I saw. Chef, Schefter said 20%. Yeah, okay. That sounds about right. Um, I, I don't know. I have mixed feelings. I liked what we saw last week against Jacksonville, contrary to what we saw against Miami. Um, it was interesting to have 200-yard rushers. That makes me feel better about Mac not being there. Uh, right. It's interesting to see that the secondary of Houston is jeopardized. There's an opportunity there for Jacoby to pass the ball too. So, uh, as a Colts fan, I feel like they can win this game. But as a person who's paying attention to football, I don't want to count out Deshaun Watson. The trick is going to be that um, pressure to Deshaun Watson. He's had an ankle injury. He's been a full participant, but listed with an ankle injury all week. And last week, he just got clobbered. If the Colts can get through a suspect offensive line and keep pressure on Watson, I think the Colts can win this game, but if they let him if they let him air the ball out, it looks like Fuller may be playing. Hopkins is obviously a huge, huge problem for Indianapolis. If they give Deshaun Watson time to let those guys get open, it could be uh, it could be ugly for the Colts. Yeah, I saw. I actually saw that play for Deshaun Watson last week. I am honestly kind of surprised that that ankle injury did not end up being more serious than it obviously is. I, it looked like he snapped his ankle, so I'm. I'm really kind of surprised that he's going to be out there. I, I, I'm with you. I think it's going to be a really good game tonight. I, I hope the Colts pull it off, mostly because I want to look smart, and I, I'd pick the Colts to win this division, even with the Texans doing everything they did. Uh, Matt, what are your thoughts going into this game tonight? 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's just a really pivotal game for both teams. It's it's kind of too bad for the the Colts that they're going into this important division game without their top running back. And, you know, I don't know, Tony, if you've seen any updates about T.Y. Hilton. Last thing I saw was that he was a true game-time decision that they were going to run him out there. So I guess we'll find out in about 30 minutes or so from our time. But they've, they've just had such bad injury luck uh, for their players. Meanwhile, it looks like the Texans are getting fuller back, maybe getting a little stronger on offense. But weird things happen. You know, I actually thought Houston would has, was going to play well and had a chance going into Baltimore last week. I actually had picked them to win that game. I thought they might do it, and they got rolled. Yeah, I did too. Um, and, you know, I thought Jacksonville might be tough for the Colts, and they just blew – Jacksonville out even though Foles gave them an early 7 nothing lead so you know it's hard to count out I've been very impressed with what Frank Reich has done with the the team the last couple of years and there's a reason beyond Andrew Luck that a lot of people thought myself included that the Colts were going to be legitimate Super Bowl contenders and that's because they had a good roster altogether I think we've seen that even with going to Brissett who's not Luck but who's been pretty darn impressive in what he's done um, has given them a chance and division division matchups are always weird weird things happen in division matchups anyway so no outcome feels like it would surprise me tonight yeah it's like i said it's going to be an interesting game we've gotten um hopefully a, a much better game than what we saw last thursday um matt me and you were kind of talking about this a little bit on monday's podcast since it happened last time uh, or after we talked last time, I guess I'll give you guys a chance if you want to say anything on it. Uh, obviously, the news came out today that Larry Ogunjobi's uh, keeping his one-game suspension. Marquise Pounce's was dropped from three to two, and then right now Miles Garrett is uh, still going to have an indefinite uh, suspension, which I think they're, in all honesty, doing that uh, in case the Browns make the playoffs. If they don't put a game number on it, it allows him to come back next year. If they put, say, eight games on it, they only have six regular season games if the Browns don't make the playoffs. That would be two games next season. I could be wrong on that. That would be kind of my thinking on it. Uh, do you have either one of you want to say anything about the incident? I know we were talking a lot about it in the chat, and then you guys were posting stuff on Twitter. So if you guys want to say anything on it here before we jump into talking about tanking, feel free to go ahead and do it now. And nothing. Okay, cool. All right, well, let's let's talk about tanking then. That's works for me. All right, so we're going to talk about tanking now. Obviously, in the NFL, we you really don't see teams doing this. We've seen it happen in MLB and in the NBA. The Dolphins are, in a way, doing it this year, although they're doing it kind of badly in winning games. Teams do it in Dynasty, though. And so I had a big thing pop up in one of my home Dynasty leagues this weekend, and I want to get your guys' thoughts on it because I've never had this issue before, and I've been, as, as many of you know, in a ton of leagues uh, and I've never really seen this happen. So I want to get your opinions first or, or your thoughts on what tanking means and what you should and shouldn't do. And then I'm going to give you guys the situation that happened and, and how it was handled. And I want to see what your thoughts are on that. So, Tony, I'll start with you. If you're in a league and your team is just horrible, what to you is okay to do when you're tanking and what is not okay to do? Tanking to me is a very specific word. Tanking means losing on purpose, I would think. Yes, that's, I don't, yeah. I don't think there's ever a point. The The only way you could possibly lose on purpose is with a promise to be winning as a 
result of that. So that would mean a trade if you're trading a player away that doesn't necessarily like let's say you're trading away the only guy you got so you're not going to win any more games this year for sure yeah that would be an i guess i would call that more of like a productive struggle that's a phrase i've heard before okay Um, but deliberate tanking so ignoring a bye week or ignoring an injury yeah different story completely that's not acceptable i think that and that's not never anything that's come up in any of my but once it i would bet that the result i would I hope that the result would be that the owner has to go back in and put a put a starting player or the commissioner would have to go back in and put a starting player into that lineup. Gotcha. I don't know how that would work out. So maybe that's a different discussion. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, generally tanking is something I think should be very frowned upon. All right. What about you, Dennis? Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry, Matt. I, I'm talking to Dennis on my phone right now, and I that was a that was a bad slip on my part. Matt, what do you think about tanking in a dynasty league? Um, you know, I agree the same um pretty much i there there are teams where you know you're not very good and you're probably not going to win i think you need to set a legal lineup every week the other thing is especially as we're coming down the stretch here it's not just what you're doing it's the potential that it has to radically shift the teams that are still trying to play for the playoffs. Yeah. You know, if you're playing a team who's on the on the playoff bubble and you lay down and put in an, an incorrect, you know, a purposefully losing lineup and that team gets a win, whereas the guy who, you know, they're fighting with in the playoffs has to play another team who is also fighting for the playoffs and has to struggle and takes a tough loss that way. I think that's, uh, you know, really unfair. You want in in as much as possible in every league for the best teams to be able to make the playoffs because they won their way in. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened? I'm curious now. The more right. like as he went on about that, I started getting mad at this person who was tanking, and I don't even know who they are or what they did yet. Right. So okay. So here's my thing. I don't. If you go about it the right way, I don't see an issue in you tanking because. This is a it's a seventy five dollar entry league. We, we you pay seventy five dollars every single year to get in this league, so you're paying money to pretty much come in here and lose. If that's what you want to do, by all means, go ahead and do it. So this this guy, this is our sixth year. He has won two championships so far. He he won it in the first year and the third year. And I'll be honest, he should have won it last year. He is someone who uh, he just doesn't like social media, so he stays off it. And he's owned Todd Gurley since he came into the league. Well, last year. Everything for those of you who might not remember, leading up until week 16 in the championship game, Todd Gurley was supposed to play. He was playing me in the championship game. He did not find out that Todd Gurley was out of the lineup, and so he never put C.J. Anderson in. So he ended up losing to me in the championship game by like 15 points, and C.J. Anderson went off for a lot more than 15. I think he put up like 25 or something like that. So had he had put C.J. Anderson in, he would have beat me by 10 points and won, and won back-to-back championships, three championships, and now six years. So he, he's had a phenomenal team. What he decided to do is, much like a lot of other people this year, he thought Gurley was kind of washed, so he traded him. At which point he decided, you know what, I- I'm going to go all in to a rebuild, is the way that he worded it, and he traded away all of his good players. And I mean all of them. The only player that he kept, I believe, was Mike Evans, was was by far the best player that he kept on his team. Which, again, there's nothing wrong with that, in my opinion, in a dynasty league, because if you believe in yourself that much in your scouting ability, or however you want to look at it, to draft good rookies... Then, then good on you. I mean, you are, again, paying $75 to come in and lose. My issue with it is 
So this year he did exactly what you said you should never do, Tony. And I didn't know it was my fault as the commissioner of this league. I should have paid better attention. He started four players on a bye week this week, or this past week. He scored 38 points altogether in a matchup. Wow. And it was brought to my attention, and my problem is I'm, I'm very firm as a commissioner on you cannot change rules in the middle of the season. No matter how bad something happens or whatever the issue is, you cannot just change rules because that just, to me, uh, affects the whole integrity of a league. I don't think that you can just change rules. So I couldn't, I didn't want to go in and change his lineup like you brought up. I thought about it, but then I was like, I, there's not a rule in place to deal with this because I thought the people that we had brought into this league had more integrity to do that. So I asked him what had happened. His excuse was, well, I already knew my team was going to lose, so I didn't even check my lineup this week to see if anybody was on a bye. Which, of course, in all honesty, kind of set me off a little bit because I am in another league with him where my team is horrible, and I did the same thing. I traded away Aaron Jones. Uh, I can't even remember. I traded away three really good players to get back six first-round picks and two second-round picks So because I wanted to build through the draft coming in this year. I was like, I'm just going to trade my players away knowing that I'm not going to have a good year this year, but I still set my lineup every week, and it sucks. My team is like 2-10 in 10 or whatever it is right now. My team is horrible, but... I still go in and set my lineup every week. So what I ended up doing was giving him a warning and telling him that if he does it again, he will lose his first round pick, which he has three of them in this year's draft. I was like, after that, you will be kicked out of the league. Like, I just, I can't have that kind of stuff in my league. But I wanted to get people's opinion on that because I was talking to other people and some people are cool with it. Some people are like, no, you always have to start a player, even if, you know, you have to account for bye weeks and all that stuff. So I was curious to see where you guys fell on that because. For me, that's just a cardinal rule of no. And part of me wanted to kick him out immediately because I just don't think that that's okay. But I, I honestly didn't know how to handle it because we've been in this league, like I said, now going into six years. Well, first of all, I think you handle it the right way. Uh, it'd be pretty you, – you'd mentioned not changing rules in the middle because of what that does to the league. But kicking yeah. somebody out without warning would do the exact same thing. Right. So you did well to hold your temper there. And yeah, absolutely. My exactly. My first thought was, well, well, shit, take his pick, you yeah. know. And and you handled it right. I'm going to give you a warning. You're not going to do that anymore. And if you continue to tank, you're tanking for nothing. You're just losing, and you're going to look like an idiot. Yeah. See, and I, I some leagues have where um, either the consolation bracket um, matters, or you get a random draw of all the teams that don't make the playoffs. Yeah. To pre- prevent that. I get the idea because I, I am anti just losing on purpose to try to, you know, especially if the person has some better assets and maybe just have a couple of great players that are on injury and they're close. So they're trying to dive down so yeah. they get a top rookie to put them in the championship. But by the same token, if I've been going all season trying to play my best lineup and my team is just not good enough, losing the top pick because of a random draw also sets me off that would probably yeah. be yeah. something that would cause me to drop a league so that's yeah. so so we do something like that this is not a full dynasty league because of that what we do is you keep a certain amount of players like our rosters are 25 and we we've increased it a little bit to now where we keep 14 players off that 25 roster the consolation bracket allows you to get first pick in that free agent pool but i still allow whoever the last place team is in the regular season to get the first round, the first overall pick, because my fear is with, I was in another league with what you were talking about, Matt, where the consolation bracket plays out the first round pick. 
But a lot of times, and that means the team that just missed out on the playoffs ends up getting that first round, that number one pick, yeah. and their team is already good. And so you're not helping the bad teams get better. And that does, I've been in a league with that where I was in it for four years and I watched like almost every year, one or two people leave the league because they just, they were wanting to get a pick because their team was just bad. Like they were trying, but for whatever reason, it was players falling off or they just weren't getting the points. Or there was one team that actually had like, he was fourth highest scoring in the league, but he had a, he only had two wins on the season because he was always playing the highest scoring team. And so I, I get like it's not fair to them when they're trying so hard to win. It's not like they're playing no players or they're playing bye week players every week. They're trying to win, and their team is just not doing it. And then to all of a sudden find out, no, you're actually going to get the fifth pick in the rookie draft instead of the second, which I don't know if you want to say they deserve it, but though I mean, after a season like that, after a season of losing and you finishing as like the one or the second worst team, like that is kind of like the good feeling of it. Like, all right, well, at least I'm going to get to pick a player that I think is going to be really good in the rookie draft. Well, and I mean, some drafts, the difference between one or two and five can be devastating. Uh, yeah, that's true. Especially, uh, what was it, two or three years ago? I can't remember, like, the Zeke and Henry draft. Like, if you didn't get Zeke, I feel like you probably did not have a good pick in that first round. I can't even remember who else came out in that draft. But off the top of my head, I'm not remembering anybody uh, that that has really kind of balled out in that draft. I mean, this past year, if you took, yeah. uh, my goodness, like, Barkley, you had uh, the Geis. I mean, even Geis at two right now is not looking like it. Well, he looked good, obviously, in the game the other day, but he hasn't done much. Ronald Jones, I mean, maybe you got Nick Chubb at five, so that probably worked out for you. But I hear you. It's a... It's an interesting way to do it. I, I don't, or it's a hard way to figure out how to do it because not every way is fair. And, and you just, it, I, I'm with you. It's hard to reward losing. Like I, the one league that I was just talking about where I'm, if you want to say quote unquote taking in, that is the only league that I'm in doing it because I, I just truly believe in trying to win every single year. It, it is one of my biggest issues, I think, because sometimes I go all in, uh, to try and make a team go over the top and win it when it's probably not a team that should be winning and I should probably just keep my picks and, and I try to go all in and get some veterans and, and it's caused me to have a couple teams that are really kind of in the middle spot and there's nothing I can do to improve them because I've traded my picks over the past couple years to a acquire these other players to try and help me win see here what else can we talk about with the tanking thing i i actually probably think that's it that was my biggest thing i just wanted i wanted to get your guys opinion on it as you know we've talked about different stuff on here like i said a lot of people kind of came at it different ways and and i agree with you tony i i just didn't want to kick somebody out for no not that it's no reason but just kick them out because then it i just feel like that's bad juju for your league so I was interested to see what you guys thought of that. So that that kind of wraps up the football talk for today since we already talked about the Colts and the Texans game tonight. So I want to talk about the most important subject that was brought up earlier, Mandalorian. Matt, I did not know that you were such a big Star Wars – or are you a big Star Wars fan? Is that why you're watching it or are you just watching it because it's a, a show on Disney Plus that you've heard is good? Uh, no, uh big star wars fan i'm listening to star wars binge mode right now i already have my tickets for rise of skywalker my right. facebook background is uh all is all star wars right now and i've actually been re-watching all the movies and writing about them every week so um i was super pumped that was one of the re- reasons that i was hot on uh disney plus oh, my wife was here. excited about all the animated i was like one word mandalorian yeah 
Yeah, I've, uh, I'm right there with you on that. That was one of the main reasons I got Disney Plus as well. I mean, it helped sell it to the wife. I'm like, hey, look, all the Disney movies on here for the kids to watch. She's a big Disney fan. Uh, but for me, it was all Mandalorian. So what have you thought, obviously, of the, the first two episodes? You obviously get the big bomb dropped on you on the first episode. I, I'm just going to – spoiler warning right now. Spoilers will probably be ahead with what me and Matt have talked – what we're about to talk about. So if you have not watched the first two episodes yet – Stop listening right now because we will talk about stuff that is brought up, and I don't want to ruin anything for anybody. So I'll just say really quick, we appreciate you guys listening, and uh, hope everybody wins their matchups, and me and Dennis will be back tomorrow to do Friday previews so we can talk about The Mandalorian now. What are, what are your thoughts overall on the first two episodes, and then we can t- kind of talk the two episodes really quick before we get out of here? You know, I thought it's been really good. Um, one of the originally announced standalone films they talked about was a Boba Fett movie Mm -hmm. and they they wiped that off the schedule uh, about 18 months ago and I'm thinking it's because they rethought about that was right around the time they announced Disney Plus and I think they had a concept for this kind of a story uh, following a bounty hunter so it's a very similar kind of idea I think to what we would have gotten there but very curious about how it's going to play out. I really like Pedro Pascal, who is playing the Mandalorian. You haven't seen his face yet, but for those of you who are Game of Thrones fans, he was the Viper yeah. in Game of Thrones. He was also one of the main characters in a great Netflix cop drama, uh, Narcos. Yes. For the first uh, couple of seasons, he was one of the main characters. He's an actor I really like, and I thought he's been very good in this. Um, I thought it felt very much like a Western at times. You know, the end of the first episode, the, they have kind of a climactic shootout scene reminded me of a, of a cool shootout scene I like in a um, in kind of an obscure Ryan Phillippe Benicio del Toro movie called Way of the Gun. Um, even the whole set reminded me of that. And uh-huh. so, you know, I was I was totally bought in. I was enjoying uh, everything about what they were doing. And then you get to the end and it's like, oh my God, now my heart is exploding with cuteness. <laughs> I didn't think anything would top Porg, which I have a stuffed Porg in my office at work. Uh-huh. I have one at home. I have used it as my avatar on social media. And I was like, Porg, you are now well into second place. Yeah, so what... What do you think of that? Because obviously there are some people who Im- immediately your mind goes to Yoda, right? Because, I mean, obviously yeah. it's the same species, but we all know, or obviously if you pay close enough attention, you know that that cannot be Yoda. At least you assume it cannot be Yoda because he is obviously already passed at this point in time in the movie. So what are your thoughts on where this – I mean, I guess we would still consider it a child again. I know the big talk about it was that it's 50 years old, but as we know from the original Star Wars trilogies, Yoda species can live for a very, very long time. So kind of what are your yeah, thoughts so, on – I guess we'll call them Baby Yoda since we don't have a name for him yet or her. Yeah, and it, it's going to be uh, very interesting. You know, Will it tie back to Yoda? So for those of you that um, – maybe don't have a sense of where this fits in the star Wars timeline. They've said the Mandalorian takes place approximately five years after the events of return of the Jedi. And obviously Jedi is the movie where, um, Yoda passed away. So it would have been a few years after, um, he would have passed away is when you, you're getting to this timeline. Um, and obviously, uh, you know, we know Yoda was a, about 900 years old when he passed away. So this explains kind of a lot that maybe these guys don't, don't reach maturity. It also kind of makes you wonder if they are just a species that is really, um, really good with the force. Uh, Somebody on, on 
the social media pointed out that in Star Wars Episode One, for as much as we like to clown on that movie, you see in the full Jedi Council there is a sort of female yes, of female Yoda Yoda. species on there, yes. and then obviously this young. You know, we'll call him Baby Yoda because that's what's been adopted. By the way, if you just want a Twitter handle that will help you get through some really rough times, there is now <laughs> at Baby Yoda Baby, and go. it's nothing but Baby Yoda memes. Um, <laughs> if you want to find it and you follow me on Twitter, I have retweeted a few um, about naps and about being the cutest thing in the face of the earth. Uh, so it's nothing but baby Yoda memes. I don't know at what point I'll get tired of it, but it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> but obviously in the second episode, you get that great, you know, when he's reaching out, when Mandalorian's trying to, to, you know, take care of his wound, you're wondering what, if something's going to happen and kind of nothing happens. And then when the big fight the action sequence at the end, you see him using the force. Yeah. Um, but obviously not not a full maturity. You, you do get the sense he truly is a baby, not really able to verbally communicate and stuff like that yet. Um, I've seen some in- weird internet theories that maybe this is going to be the reincarnation of Yoda. But yeah. you, you have to figure if it's 50 years old, it was alive for a few decades before Yoda passed away, if it's only been five years between yeah. the events of Jedi. You know... And not everything. I actually kind of hope it's not any reincarnation or birthing of Yoda. Um, it would just be cool that it's its own new character. But they've just done such a great job. You know, the second episode, only uh, about 32 minutes, has hardly any dialogue in it. And it's utterly riveting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the the stuff with the with the Jawas and everything is just, it is amazing. So I've seen the same thing about the Yoda stuff. I wonder if... That is coming from, and, and I'll be honest, I don't know that much about this, so I could I could sound completely wrong here. I've only seen one trailer for Rise of the Skywalker. I, I'm someone, when it, when it comes to a movie that I really want to see, I try to see as little as possible about it because I don't want anything ruined for me. So obviously at the end of that first trailer, you hear the laugh, and there's a lot of people, at least I've seen and read, that think Palpatine is back. I, I obviously don't know that. If there's something in the trailer that has shown that, please don't. Well, I guess you're going to have to ruin it for me because we're talking about it. But there, there's a lot of talk about that. I would assume you've seen they or have heard that. They actually confirmed that Palpatine okay. is back and he's listed on the credits okay. now for the for the whole. Um, so there's a there's he's back in some way. Who knows right. what what way that's going to be? I've seen a lot of theories that maybe he cloned himself and that the water uh, fights that we see there are taking place on Camino. Uh-huh. Uh, which is where the clone army was right. made. That would be sort of interesting. Um, if you're really into those kind of things, I love uh, the Binge Mode podcast. They did, uh, Mallory Rubin um, and Chris Ryan uh, did about 30-plus minutes just breaking down the Rise of Skywalker trailer and okay. doing a deep dive. So Very if nice. you're into that, that's easily found on the Ringer uh, okay. website. Gotcha. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, like I said, I, I try not to... I try not to watch because I, I'm I am a huge huge Star Wars fan. So for me, I'm I try. Like I said, I, I've only seen the one trailer, and I'm trying to limit everything that I see and read just because I don't want. Because sometimes a lot of movies yeah. or some movies do a very good job of not showing you anything important in the trailers, so nothing is really ruined for you in the movies. And I, I really don't think anything has been shown from the last two that i can think of off the top of my head that's yeah. kind of led to to ruining anything but i just don't want to take my chances like I said i've 
obviously you hear the laugh at the end of the first trailer, and then I've heard that someone says something else happens in another trailer that makes you think Palpatine is back. Uh, and that's where I think some of the, the Yoda possibly being reincarnated thing comes from because you have that thought on, on the Palpatine side as well. So I am curious as well to see where that goes. I am with you. I hope it's a completely another character, which then would lead to try and figure out, well, where did this character come from? Uh, because you would think that Yoda didn't go outside of the Jedi Order and have, you know, I would assume that their species is allowed to have sex and reproduce. Uh, we, like you said, we, yeah. I, I saw that, uh, too, as well, all the talk about. I remember her in the movie, uh, cause I am, I don't know if you'll remember who this is. I'm a huge Plo Koon fan, uh, who's a Jedi Master on the council as well, uh, from, from all the extended universe stuff, cause you really don't see him in the mm-hmm. movies, but I've, I've always paid very close attention to those first three as well. Uh, so I'm interested to find out where that character comes from as well. Do you think there is any tie-in to Rise of the Skywalker from Mandalorian with it, with it leading up? Because so for those of you who don't know, a new episode is released every single Friday leading up to the week of the movie where the episode comes out on Wednesday. And then there is one more episode of The Mandalorian, which comes out the Friday after the movie comes out. Any tie-in with the Rise of the Skywalker, do you think? You know, I thought about that, but it's so close and from a timing standpoint. So if it's five years after Jedi, it's still quite a ways before even the events of Force Awakens. And right. We've moved quite a bit beyond that. I I actually don't think they're going to have a big tie-in, um, but I wouldn't put it past them because, you know, this is the same group that owns – Marvel, and there's been a lot of talk about whether John Favreau, who obviously did the first Iron Man and kind of set, yes. uh, helped set the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or um, Kevin Feige, who's the chairman of Marvel, is going to succeed Kathleen Kennedy as the chairman of Lucasfilm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, obviously, I'm I'm a big Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Marvel is probably the other reason I, I went all in on oh, Disney yeah. Plus, because they're going to have original Marvel series, and I, I love yep. all those movies. But I remember um, I had actually been, been a little bit delayed to see Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. And I was watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and I was like, oh, something happened in that movie. Yeah. Because they were, they quite famously had episodes that were building up to a point and then had one right before and then one right after and the, the tag at the one right before the movie didn't make total sense for the show and then i'm watching after the, the show after the movie because i had to wait to see the movie to watch it with a friend and i was like oh it really matters quite a bit yeah you know, that show was built into what was happening in the movie so it's it's possible, and you, you know, you see that timing of they're going to have a penultimate episode right before the movie, and then they're going to have an episode right after. I just, I don't think they're doing that with this particular series. I kind of hope they're not, because Rise of Skywalker is supposed to be kind of a definitive conclusion to the Skywalker film saga, basically yeah. the film universe that we've seen with the, the 10 that are out and the one that's coming mm-hmm. and it feels like mandalorian is setting up to be part of to set the stage for an extended universe somewhere else my hopes for the show are more that you know yoda was always kind of a character full of mystery we don't know much yeah. about how he got to be a jedi master or his people or his planet so the idea that we could see something cool and learn something about that species through this this story 
um, is more fascinating to me. And the only kind of tie-in that you could see is I wonder if those guys that gave the Mandalorian the job are going to be somehow tied to the to the startup of the First Order. Yeah, so that would be interesting. Yeah, I'm, uh, I hope there's maybe some kind of call-in, like maybe you, you see the Mandalorian. There's, there's obviously a, a very realistic chance that he's still alive at that point in time. So maybe you get like a little bit of a call to him. I would imagine that Baby Yoda doesn't necessarily tie into the movies at all. Could be wrong on that. I'm with you. I really hope that this is the a start of them com- bringing the whole universe together because obviously what they've done with Marvel has been outstanding. If, if you're a superhero fan or just a Marvel fan in general, the way that they have built this universe has been amazing. If they could do something like that for the Star Wars universe as well, it would be just awesome, especially if you can go off and tell different stories. Like uh, Before we get out of here, I'll, I'll talk about I can't remember what it was called on the Disney Plus uh, uh, app, but I watched... Um, Maybe it was expanding the universe or something like that. We're talked about all the shows and everything coming because I didn't know yeah. about the the Hawkeye series and there was another one that I really wanted to watch and I cannot think of it Scarlet right now. Scarlet Witch is going to be doing a series. Yeah, her and also the Winter Soldier and Falcon, right? Um, who's taking over as Captain America? Yeah, they're really expanding kind of the Marvel universe into. Disney Plus, and I feel like eventually that's where they're going to be with Star Wars. Yeah. I think creatively, Star Wars is in a little bit of a tight spot because some of what they tried to do with like the solo movie uh, didn't pan out. Uh, Last Jedi, I don't know how you feel. We're going to give some stuff away. Is my favorite of all the Star Wars movies. I thought it was a masterpiece. Uh-huh. It's one of my favorite movies of the last decade. But okay. there were people, especially you know, old guard Star Wars fans that yeah. really rejected that. And so I think there's been some interesting backtracking, you know, they put on hold future movies. They released the game of Thrones, uh, creators from their series. There's rumors that Ryan Johnson isn't actually going to make any more movies now. So I think there's a lot of questions, but they, they have this great platform and they have, you know, more creative influence from people who I think Marvel actually really nailed it and did it right and has been a model for how you can have small screen, big screen, this huge cinematic world that all feels distinct and unique, but is connected in some ways. And, you know, it'd be really cool to see them do that with Star Wars. It feels like a realm of infinite possibilities. And we've only seen, you know, kind of a certain set of possibilities so far. Yeah, absolutely. Like my, my one thing I would say on that is I hope that they, they do start to spin it forward a little bit. If that makes sense, as you were just talking about, this is supposed to be kind of the definitive end to the Skywalker story. I know one of the new ones coming out is obviously about Obi-Wan Kenobi, probably right. I think right after episode three, so probably what you see between three and four would be what I would assume the series is going to be about. Yeah, that's what the series is going to be. And okay. I guess they got Ewan McGregor back. So yes. That could be yeah, I saw that he was going to come back to do that. So my hope would be that after that they are able to expand it because there is so much of this universe that we don't know about. And I know when they first bought they bought all the Star Wars stuff and brought them under the Disney umbrella, there was a lot of talk about the fact that they were not going to bring in or they were going to kind of – Take away all the expanded universe stuff you see in comic books and books and everything that's not actually seen in movies, so you don't know about it. So that stuff is is not necessarily part of the universe, if that makes sense. So I, I would love to see them go in different ways, see different stuff. I mean, we already obviously saw uh, in in uh, episodes um, – what was it? In, uh, I think it was in The Last Jedi. It was either Last Jedi or The Force yeah. Awakens. You see – obviously they had the – 
the other, whatever you want to call them, acolytes or, or the other Force-sensitive children that had, had come in there that were learning under Luke before, obviously, everything happened with Kylo. I am with you. I love The Last Jedi. I know there were people who didn't. I went and saw the movie with a bunch of old Star Wars heads as well, uh, and it was it was a little bit torn between them. There was a couple of them that really liked it. Uh, I think a couple of them were kind of turned off from the beginning because they felt like The Force Awakens was a lot like, um, uh, my goodness, why can I not think of the first uh, one? New now? Hope. Yes, New Hope, yeah. They felt like the, the storyline was kind of way too similar to that, which I did kind of get. Obviously, for me, it was kind of gut-wrenching to watch Han Solo die. He's always kind of been my favorite. I don't know how you yeah. felt about that. That was kind of, uh-oh. I, it, I don't know. I don't want to dive too much into that, but... Uh, I, I love Last Jedi as well. I have really high hopes for this one. I think it's going to be phenomenal. I cannot wait for it. Only we're, what, a little less than a month away or a little over a month away now from it coming out. So uh, I, I cannot wait as well. Uh, now that I know you're such a big Star Wars fan, I look forward to discussing Mandalorian now moving forward. Oh, yeah. And then uh, definitely we can dive into some of the the, the stuff before we'll Rise of the Skywalker. A, uh, Rise of Skywalker pods sometimes, too. Oh, yeah. We can do that definitely uh, – Let's see here. When we, you know what? I know exactly when we can do it. We can do it. Uh, we can do it the Thursday before the movie comes out because we'll have seen. Hopefully, we'll both have had a chance to watch the, that. That would be the pre the the preeminent episode as you were talking about a Mandalorian. So we can talk about anything in that that might lead to the movie, and then we can preview what we thought about the movie, and then obviously we can. Because uh, at that point, what what will it be? Fantasy playoffs should almost night football be. Will be over. By yeah. Then. And fantasy playoffs would almost be over too, so we don't even need to recap anything on Monday. We can recap just just Star Wars. That sounds like a plan to me. Well, Matt, yes, I appreciate it. Thank you for staying on. I, for, for those of you who don't know, since you're obviously not in the group chat with me, Matt Tony is not feeling well. He kind of left us a little while back, so I apologize about not announcing that sooner. Uh, we do hope that he gets well. I look forward to talking to both of you next week. Enjoy your weekend and enjoy the Friday episode of Mandalorian as well. Will do. Baby Yoda forever. That's right. Baby Yoda forever. I'll talk to you later. Prepare for glory! Come on up. You got your pop.